0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Rabbi by Aho, back in behind the net. Aho back out in front and a good active stick by Lowry to knock that away. And then settled down by Dubois. Long lead pass from Morrissey. He's got a breakaway. Morrissey for the win. Shoot. Score! Jets win! Jets win! Jets win again in overtime tonight. That was Paul Edmonds last night night. on 680 CJOB as uh, Jets Nation uh, all and I think I could hear the massive sigh of relief, uh, Jim Toth uh, (laughs) uh, saving the Winnipeg Jets a point there. They win uh, against Carolina 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Josh Morrissey Stemming the tide of despair after the Jets give up three goals in the final five minutes or so. Uh, all of those three goals from the Carolina Hurricanes coming with their net empty. Can I get an amen, Jim Toth? Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> Is that who you're thanking for this?
0: Yeah, no, I'm having that one. That one's up to the big guy upstairs. I got to give that one
1: to him. i uh walking I've- in the cool of the garden. I've uh, I've had a couple drinks, and I've seen a couple things over the course of my life, but I've never seen three straight empty net goals to tie a game in a National Hockey League or any other league for that matter. They <laughs> pulled it with 5.30 to go. It was about 4.51 or something like that that uh, I should get up the game sheet. 4.48. But 4.48? Yeah. The first one, then they put the goalie back in, and then they pulled them again and got another one, and then with less than a minute to go, uh, they tied the game. I've never seen that before. And um, I we, we're going to get into this. I think the goals were, like, pretty good goals. Like, there was traffic <laughs> yeah, they, and they were yeah. tipped, and I don't think this was something that they could – but we'll get into this. I agree with what Bonus said after. It wasn't so much about the defending that I had a problem with, but I, I've never seen that before in my life at any level of hockey.
0: Just because you mentioned it, here's Rick Bonus on that final five minutes. There's
1: not much you can do sometimes. Sometimes you just tip your hat to the opposition. Those were good shots and those were good tips. And you, they're six on five. You're going to have somebody open around the net. If I had one major complaint, is that we had the puck and we had an empty net and we had a chance to bury, bury, and it, put it in the empty net and put this thing to sleep. We were, we were too casual with the puck.
0: Yeah, I, I and you mentioned I you've never seen something like that before. I think the only time that I believe that it's happened or at least the most recent time and if i'm if i'm incorrect i spent way too much time uh, this morning trying to look for this exact stat but the last time that it happened as far as i'm aware was the Ducks and Oilers 2017 playoffs they were down three nothing there was like four minutes or so left to go. they came back they scored three goals um, and then wanted an overtime I think double overtime in game five. I was in Alberta when that was going on in Calgary I, I, I believe. So that's the last time that I believe that it happened. If, if anybody has any other information, 204 780 68 68, 204 780 68 68. They were good goals but Jim, you have to say you can't let it happen you got to find a way to to get those pucks out and as and as Rick Bonus said there he didn't like how hesitant they were with the puck of getting that puck towards the empty net
1: yeah, and I, I full. You gotta hand
0: it to Carolina too, as well. They really turned it on in those final well, five I,
1: minutes. Well, I give it to them. Like three goals. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing feat, is what they did with the with the net empty. I don't want to. And, and like I said, if there was a bad goal in in the three, I would be sitting here going, "You can't let that go in," or "That's yeah. got to be a save." I didn't see a bad goal in the three, but the, I wholeheartedly agree with Rick Bonus. To me, it wasn't so much about defending. Is like when Kyle Connor fired that puck. He's he's got speed to burn. You've got to take that deep. Like, you've got to keep attacking an empty net. In mm-hmm. my mind, when you, get, when you get possession of the puck, totally like agree. you do as if there's a goalie there. Totally agree. And that's what the part of what Rick Bonus said post game that I thought really hurt the team is, it, it, look, you might not score on the empty net. I'm not saying that. But just the once they got the puck back and went into the neutral zone, it was like they were trying to kill time with Mm -hmm. four minutes left. And I just go, attack, get it in the offensive end. If there's not a clear lane to the empty net, then kill time. But I don't want to say lackadaisical. I just think that, like, they had possession, and then it was slow – I, I bust my butt up the ice, and I, if I'm Kyle Connor, I take that into the offensive zone, and then I look for a pass to make, and I make this a, either a 4 a nothing game or, or a 4-1 game or a 4-2 game. Yeah. That's the one part I would criticize them on about this, but look, in the big picture of things, you can't let that happen. No. But things happen. Like, bizarre things happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll, I, I already said this, but I'll reiterate. If there was a weak goal in the three by Carolina, I'd be more upset about the collapse. It was a collapse, don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, it certainly was. I blame it more on the fact that there was a couple times where they just got possession back, even when it was 3-1, and just sort of gave it back to them and tried to defend that Like I, I would go out at an empty net like I do with, with the goalie in there. That's what I would change with what I saw last night in the last five minutes. That being said, that's a remarkable, remarkable 55-minute game from the Winnipeg Jets. Absolutely. They
0: played fantastic for that first 55 minutes, and now it's spoiled. I mean, we'd have been coming in here today, and Jim, oh, my goodness, if they didn't win that game yesterday, we would have oh. been we'd have been in one today. By the way, not just about last night, but <laughs> uh, about the season. Oh, like, God, like if they would have lost that in overtime, falling apart. Uh, so thank goodness for Josh Morrissey. That's why I, I opened up the show with that. Uh, but you know, it's because of that final five minutes. It kind of got lost how well the Winnipeg Jets played in those first 55 minutes of that game. They didn't give up anything. Their back checking was good. Their forechecking was good. They kept shots to the outside. They cleaned up rebounds. Uh, They really helped out David Riddick uh, in net throughout that game, who was solid. Um but it's like, and I also want to say that it's like a this is where Rick Bonus, I think, really shines in moments like this. Because I'm not sure if he saw that before. I don't think anyone asked him that after the game. I'm not sure he's seen some team score three goals with their net empty in any in any time. And he's, you know, been involved in hockey for how many decades now, four at least. Um, longer than that. Uh I I just think he's a really calming presence back there. And 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 he said that after the game that there was no panic on the bench and stuff like that, but Oh, geez, <laughs> <Jeez> Louise. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's It was it was just nuts. We got a text, text to show 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, hi, guys. Honestly, do you think they would have gone to overtime if Hellebuck was in? I thought Riddick played well. Also, another texture wanted to talk about that as well. He said, hey, Cam, it's not Hellebuck in net. That explains it all. I, Josh Morrissey was a part of the screen on that first goal. Absolutely. Um, when you have an extra guy out there, and that's the point of pulling the goalies, you got an extra guy out there. You put the puck to the net. You, you, you're going to have an open man there in front of the net, and you try to bat a puck in. I mean, you saw Blake Wheeler; he found a he found a way to score one in a very very similar fashion. Um, it was more of in the crease, and, and but but he was that that open man uh, in front of the net here. That's what you're trying to do when you when you when you you have a, you know when you when you pull your goaltender, you get a guy in front of the net. You find try to find a greasy one. Um, and that's what Carolina did. They found three of them in a row. Um, and, and and again, like it's one of the Jets played so well for those first 55 minutes. And then it's just like the wheels fell off. There was great goals by Carolina. And thank goodness they found a way to win that game. And they, they had a, a really great overtime period. Uh, PLD, he had a great game, you know, a goal, two assists. Josh Morrissey got two goals. Wheeler had two assists as well. And Riddick, I don't know, Jim, I, I thought he was pretty dang solid. I thought he was a pretty dang solid, uh, uh, you know, three goals against. He made 27 saves. When the first goal went in, the first thing I said to myself was, ah, you know, he deserved to have that shutout. That's the, that was the first thought that came into my mind.
1: I thought he was going to get a shutout last yeah. night. It's not about the three goals in the last five minutes. I thought he was. Uh, if Connor Halibut's in it, I don't know. Like, I, I can't find, and I looked at all three goals again, probably three times each, I can't find I hate, one that wasn't like deflected that or you know, I don't like playing that game. I mean, you know? what i I don't like David Riddick was great last yeah. night until he got two deflections past him and a screen goal I, I i don't think it's the goalie in there I mean, would you say the same if it was hellebuck and they went three and went to overtime four three like to me it's not the goalie it's yeah. what's going on in front of him and yeah, totally I think if there was a breakaway goal or if there's something else or some but i mean. Now, that being said, on Saturday against Pittsburgh, I thought both Connor Hellebuck and Tristan Jari made some saves that they didn't see off deflections. Like, there was a couple times they kicked the pad out where they didn't see where the shot was coming from or the shot. They just looked at the positioning in front of them, although being screened, and said, well, if there's a shot coming, it's coming here. And they both made saves like that. I don't know if there was one of those last night. Um, I, I just, I don't blame Riddick. I thought he played a great, like the team. I thought he played great for 55 minutes, and I don't know, like, like, do we think the team played awful in the last five minutes or Carolina? Like, there's an extra man on the ice, first of all. Yeah. So the extra man, you're, I do think they played poorly in what we just addressed is I think you have to attack when you get the puck back on an empty net. Mm-hmm. I think too many teams sort of wait for somebody to come along or skate by. I think you got to attack that offensive zone and then you can sort of decide what you want to do. Um, with the empty net, but yeah. other than that, I don't like. There was a. Def- I think there's a D-man who left a guy open for the deflection. I can we can criticize that goal, I guess. Um, but I just I don't know. It was a bizarre thing, I, and and to to blanket it all, Cam, it's still a collapse. Like that's an epic collapse to give up three goals in the last five minutes. Oh, totally. So I I don't know how I is it an epic collapse or is it you know pure luck by by Carolina because look as much as i think those goals are deflected and everything else you need some luck to do that
0: (laughs) yeah you need to be fortunate there's no doubt about that you have to have some luck
1: on one or two of those goals to to get where you are so i I don't want to alleviate the collapse at all but i also don't want to weigh too much into it because i just i don't think you'll ever see that again i don't think if the jets and and in the next 10 years have a three nothing lead with five minutes to go you're going to see three empty net goals does that
0: you know, when I understand these guys are professionals and hyper competitive and all that, but they're also human beings. Does that weigh in a little bit?
1: I Like the honestly, fact that
0: you have five minutes left, you're up three nothing. You have controlled or at least played very, very well for a big portion of that game. You're thinking three nothing, we got this thing wrapped up. But but I, I can't sit here and say that the Winnipeg Jets just all of a sudden, you know, they just all of a sudden stop playing.
1: You know, Honestly, I think it's I think it's It was a they, collapse
0: that's difficult to put your finger on. When there's a collapse, Jim, it's usually so easy to say, well, this and this and this happened. I don't know if you can say that about that. They got some really nice tips and some screen goals. They played very well. They churned the puck. They got three goals at the end there. We know
1: how know. players think. Players yeah. aren't sitting here going, oh, we got lucky last night. They're sitting there, that's two points, and they're moving yeah. on. Just the yeah. same as they are when they shut out St. Louis 4 nothing. And the same as when Vegas pounded them and they lost in overtime and got a point. They said, you know, it's a point. I mean, we understand what happened and we got to be better at it and we can't play like that. But it's a point. We're moving on to Minnesota. I think that's how they take it. Now, it might be weighing on them today if they lost in overtime or a shootout. They would be sitting here going, we got a point, but we really let two get away. To me, because they got the two, they just, that's how players think. They're just like, we got two points. I don't care if it was eight-nothing. I don't care if we had to do it in overtime. Two points is two points for on in Minnesota. Different story if they lose, actually. Yeah,
0: every Central Division team playing yesterday uh, picked up at least one point. Um, and, and yeah, in it's, it's a It certainly is a consolation. Carolina's in the East. You can hand them off a point. It doesn't have anything to do with how the Winnipeg Jets are going to make the playoffs. So you can feel a little bit better about that. Let's take a break. We'll come back. we got a bunch of great text messages. I want to get some of these on with everybody. So we'll continue this conversation as well. I want to talk to everybody about this. And, and this was a conversation that Paul Edmonds kind of sparked yesterday uh, in his Winnipeg Jets commentary here on 680 CJLB. Next captain of the team. Edmonds thinks Adam Lowry. What do you think? 204-780-6868. Uh, we'll talk that as well, and we'll continue on this loop. The Carolina Hurricanes, the Winnipeg Jets, the Jets on top four three. But they came back three goals with their net empty. Uh, it was a wild one yesterday at Canada Life Center. Don't go anywhere.
1: Jets at noon on
0: 680 CJOB.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've visualized it for my whole life. So um, to finally get it done, you, know, you never know how it's going to happen, and you just got to be opportunistic i guess and um that's you know my line mates helped me out a lot tonight uh, making that happen for me two guys that i've played with at different times with the moose and both i've found chemistry with uh like pretty solid um we've put up numbers in the ahl together uh, me and gus and me and hark so um you know happen it feels good
0: mikey asamont there uh pretty good game from that from that fourth line they didn't get a lot of time out there uh, about six and a half to seven minutes or so. Uh, less than seven minutes for Harkins and Ace-Mont. Uh Gustafson getting close to 10, but he was on the penalty kill, so that boosted his numbers up there. Uh, but, yeah, real good for, for Asmont, I thought that was a well-earned uh, uh, goal there, the second one there, Jim.
1: Yeah, I mean, good for him. It was a nice one. Yep. They worked hard. I thought that line, when they were out there, did some good things. And, and yep, uh, Christian O'Malley made a big point uh yesterday with me in in the hallways here but also on the air um uh, pre and, and prior to that about looking for some secondary scoring like from the second line but also some depth scoring and I thought they they got that uh Blake Wheeler Cole Perfetti assisting on Dubois opener then Mikey Isimont and Gustafson and Harkins I thought Harkins had a phenomenal game yeah last he did night. like yep. if he can continue that uh, not only will he stay with the the Jets but the Jets will benefit from him Um, sometimes you're a little comfortable, sometimes you're trying to add things to your game, like production and stuff like that. Um, You you have the camp that he had and somebody outperformed you, but the the fact that he went down, put up some points, maybe got a scoring confidence back, that's the thing about his game that I liked yesterday, Cam, is not Mm -hmm. only how well he played... But how confident he played with the puck and and that circling the net and not you know turning it over but getting a shot on net. I I like that whole lines game yesterday yep. and I really liked Harkin.
0: Yeah, I think David Gustafson is really starting to come into his own and really start to adjust to the to the NHL game and I I think he's had a really good set of games over the last little bit. I've been really impressed with David Gustafson. I'm gonna I'm gonna rally off a, a couple of t- a bunch of text messages from you guys, Jim. If you wanna if you wanna weigh in and just just uh, just jump in at any point. Uh, this texter uh, this is from Chris. It's my fault. I bet on the on a Jets win and the under on six goals and started feeling like a genius with about five <laughs> minutes left. That's my lesson to not bet on sports yet, yeah, Chris. When you lose in sports that means you're supposed to double it down. You got to keep letting it go. No, that's not. It's only your fault, Chris. Is
1: when it was three nothing. You you doubled down. (laughs) That's only your fault then. If you just let it ride, that's just a clean bet, man. You got to let it ride. But if you doubled down, then we might blame you.
0: Uh, You guys should talk about how good Wade Flaherty has been for our goalies these past few years. Big save. Dave looked uh, good again last night. You know, I I think Wade Flaherty is and has been. And I I think if you ask the organization and the franchise, I don't think that they believe this. At for, I, I think they know what they have in Wade Flaherty, but he has done. A fantastic job. Um, and and you know, Connor Hallibuck and him very, very close. And you know, the Jets have done a really good job in terms of when they bring backups in here and, and how Wade Flaherty and I and I know Jim, this is um you you're a big believer in, in in flats and what he's been able to do with the goaltenders. I mean, just look at the list of the guys who've come in here on backup roles. Um, you know, Eric Comrie, you know, Laurent Brassois, um, you know, Michael Hutchinson. He, you know, he's still batting around here and here and there. I mean, there, there's a long list of guys, Al Montoya, you know, that have come in here and helped solidify the the net behind, obviously, a clear number one guy like uh, Connor Hellebuck. And David Riddick seems to be fitting right into that list of, of great backups that this team's had.
1: I can't overemphasize this enough, but it's the Wade Flaherty- charlie huddy rule that i always have to remind people of every single season people wanted charlie huddy fired uh, they wanted weed flarity fired when andre pavlik was here and Connor Hellebuck wasn't developing um look look at the list like you said charlie huddy's job wasn't defensive zone coverage charlie huddy's job was to develop individual defensemen so that they could play the system that the head coach put in place And if you look at the defensemen that have developed over the years while Charlie Huddy was here, that's what is on his resume. That's what he should get credit for. Not the goals against average, not the defensive zone, this and that. If you look at the defensemen that have come through this organization under Charlie Huddy's watch, it's Josh Morrissey, it's Jacob Truba, it's all the draft picks that have come up and and gone through. And the same is for Wade Flaherty. Laurent Bossuant was not a good signing according to the stats and the analytics Mm -hmm. And look what he did and where he is with what he did. Eric Comrie was <laughs> yeah. a guy that was passed around this National Hockey League and then last year came into his own and had great numbers. We don't hear about Eric Comrie anymore because he's got a below 900 save percentage and a balloon goals against in Buffalo. Um, that has a lot to do with the team. But where those guys, including Comrie, Berswant. David Riddich, I too, again, for the third or fourth year in a row, raised an eyebrow going, okay, Mm -hmm. what are they going to get from this? And Wade Flaherty is the guy that does this. And Paul Edmonds in a pregame show about a a month ago, I would say, or maybe three weeks ago, had a great conversation with Wade Flaherty. They're going to have another one when the season rolls on. And it's just, it's much listened to information on what exactly Wade does with the goalies. And, And Paul brought it up to Wade Flaherty and brought up Connor Hellebuck and he said, well, that's awfully nice of Connor Hellebuck to give me that credit. But at the end of the day, I give them the tools and it's up to the individual goalie to work and, and do the work. And Connor puts in the work. and." So is Riddick right now? Look, Riddick's got a long way to go, but I, he's had a great start to this season.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna because I I did the same thing, Jim. I raised an eyebrow. I said, "Oh, this might be an issue." I'm not gonna do that next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the Winnipeg Jets and I'm gonna trust the coaching staff um, because they've they've been right or, or they've if they haven't they've made it work at the very least. Uh, this is from North End Rick the Show. Hey fellas, uh, I'm of the mind that if the fourth line was out there in the last five minutes, their effort level would have won the day. The Canes outworked the Jets all night long, except for the Ford line. I didn't see that, uh, Rick. I, I I thought it was a real good game that they kept pucks outside. They, they they were able to get rid of rebounds and stuff like that, but always appreciate your text messages, 204-780-6868. Uh, just to jump on here, this isn't a goalie issue. Last goal... Uh, three Jets not even near the Carolina players in front. Tips and screens are barely a reason to fault a goalie. If it was Hellebuck, they'd have lost 4-2 because he usually gives one away trying to play a puck and he's brutal in the last two minutes of every game. Well, I totally disagree with the end of that text message there. Um, I, I certainly don't think Hellebuck gives one away every single game.
1: No, uh, I don't either. Uh, I mean, he's been much better this year. I When that uh, happened against Pittsburgh, uh, <laughs> it was same with Kelly in the postgame. I know what everybody's going to say, but I... I think he's been much better this year.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Than uh, he has been. Yeah.
1: It's clearly to me. It's obvious that Connor Hellebuck worked on this in the offseason. Now I'm not going to say he's Martin Brodeur back yeah,
0: there. It's 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 but, the weak side of his game, and I think and, he would admit it as well. Yeah,
1: but. and the problem with Saturday's game cam is is people forget they needed a goal. So it wasn't like the second period where he came out and overplayed a puck and made a mistake again. He he hasn't done that this year. What that is is a guy with a minute 30 to go trying to make something happen to push the puck up the ice. And I, I think in the second period, he's not even out there playing it. Yeah. But I do think that look I'm I'm well aware like everybody is his his difficulties with that over the years but this year I've seen him handling it no one talks about it when he does it well I I've, mm-hmm. I've seen him handling it very well this year in in the limited time he has.
0: Yeah, and the thing was is Connor Hellebuck is like a, he's like a fearless individual. If he goes behind the net and he makes a bad play on the puck and it ends up on a good chance or goal or whatever he's going to go right back out there if he feels like it's the right play to to make he's just that's just who how he is he's just that's he's fearless out there he's not just because he makes a mistake doesn't mean he's going to not try to do the right thing the next time uh this from uh this texter says sometimes the gods of hockey decide to have some fun great game jets shoulda coulda woulda did uh thanks for that text message the last five minutes can only be described another texter says by rod the bod having the balls to pull his goalie with that much time left in the game in order to give his team an opportunity to win uh confidence in your team
1: Patrick Watt did this in Colorado years ago. There was five minutes to go. Constantly, he did it, and he was only down by one goal. And there was five minutes to go, and he pulled his goalie. I like the idea that he said he's got the, you know what, to do it. If if thirty seconds into this, if it's four nothing, is that having the balls, as the texter said? Like, I mean, it's it's to me. I don't know why that's brave. You're down three nothing. What do you have to lose if, if 30 <laughs> seconds later... What's the difference between a 3 nothing loss and a 4 yeah, nothing loss? Yeah, so if, if you do it at 5... The reason you do it at 5 minutes is because you need the 5 minutes to score 3 goals. I'm not trying to discredit Brenda Moore here, but it's not balls when you're down 3 nothing and 5 minutes to go. It is with there's 12 minutes to go. That's... I, I don't even think that's balls. I think that's just dumb, but if you need 3 goals at five minutes, that's the right time to do it. But I don't think he's any more brave if 30 seconds into the, the goalie being pulled, it's 4 nothing, and I'm not sitting there going, what a brave man.
0: Yeah, one more text message here, and then we'll start talking about the captaincy and, and all that sort of thing, in the leadership group for the Winnipeg Jets. Just one from JV. I, I really like this. Hey, guys, goaltending was excellent for the entire game. The three goals were shots from outside of the perimeter and two deflections. Uh, there are two ways to play. One is a zone, and the other is to take away the shooting lanes with a three-goal lead. I would play zone and give them the shooting lanes because our goalie was seeing everything and stopping everything. Canes are a great team and very hard to defend against. Uh, Jets had a very good game, that one from JV. Thanks so much for everybody's text messages, uh, Um, 204-780-6868. Let me switch gears here to the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets. There's there's kind of, I think, three, four options that have sort of presented themselves, and and Paul Edmonds kind of got this conversation started on his Winnipeg Jets commentary here on on 680 CJOB. Basically, he said the team there is no one wearing the C right now, but the team already knows who it should be. And he named Adam Lowry as, as that, as that person, you know, the other guys wearing A's on the team, Josh Morrissey, uh, Mark Shifley. I guess you could maybe put those three individuals into sort of the options or the choices to see who's going to be the captain next year. Um, or there's another fourth option here, status quo. This is working right now. You know, that that's, I don't think that there should be a captain this year. Maybe next year we can have a conversation. I don't think if they just give somebody to see – That's earned it. I don't think that the team all of a sudden collapses and all of a sudden it's like the issues start presenting themselves like whether true, not true, partially true of all those conversations last year about the team and and the leadership group and all that. Um, But but for me personally, you know, maybe eventually it's going to be Adam Lowry. I, I, you know, I I think Josh Morrissey, I think there's a real strong um, there's a real strong argument to, to put him in that in that position as well. Uh, you know, maybe, and in, in, in Jim, I know before the show you were talking about this, a 1A, 1B sort of situation between those two, regardless of who eventually gets the, the C. But for this year, the way that things are working right now, I, I think you just keep status quo. It's working not that giving Adam Lowry or Josh Morrissey the C or Mark Scheifele the C is just going to mess everything up. And all of a sudden the the wheels are going to come off this, this, this bus here. But I just think status quo right now is working. It's giving everybody an opportunity, um, uh, to, to kind of speak up and, and, and that sort of thing. Nobody's being shunned out. There's no captain on the team. And so I, I, I'm into status quo right now, but I think eventually, I mean, eventually
1: do they have to, do they have to give somebody the C Jim? Well, not this year they don't. Yeah. Um, it, it all depends on the situation and, and on the team. And so what this has done this year is it's brought everybody into the forefront. It's mm-hmm. it's made everybody responsible. And what we, you know, we discussed the comments and, and the the um, disagreements and the different people going in different directions at the end of last season a lot. What we haven't talked about is, you know, the the idea that this alleviates all that. This puts it on everybody and brings everybody to the forefront. And I think that that's what was needed with this team. It's, it's not him. It's not them. It's not you don't this, you don't that. It's everybody is responsible for this team now. And so I think eventually teams need a captain, but there's six teams in the National Hockey League that don't have one this year. And I think every one of those are, are circumstantial and, and where they're at. Um, you know, does Tampa Bay need a, does Toronto need a captain? Uh, I, I don't think they have the the same issues that was going on here, but the idea that what is going on here is working, who's going to be the next captain? I, I was listening to Paul Edmonds yesterday and I just think it's Josh Morrissey as well, but Adam Lowry's 1B in my mind. Um, now, Kelly Moore brought this up in the post game here on 680 Joe B last night. And he said, I just wonder if, if if Morrissey has the get in your face kind of guy, And I don't know because we're not in that room, but when I was around the room and around Lowry, I said, Adam Lowry to me is the kind of guy that will stand up and get in your face and tell you to shut up or tell you to do more when that's needed and only when it's needed. And then he'll take you for lunch a half an hour later. That's just the kind of guy that I've seen Adam Lowry be. I don't know if Josh Morrissey will get up. Josh Morrissey, don't get me wrong, will say things and will speak up and will be vocal and will be a leader. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's the guy to go shut up it's time for you to be quiet or things like that. When those circumstances arise, and I also think that we all think that is needed a lot, and it's not. I think there's maybe if the if the season is even going awry, there's only two or three times a year where that's needed, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but together, I think they, they make a good a dynamic. Um, the, I, I don't buy into the whole idea that your third liner can't be the captain. I don't buy into the idea that your no. leading scorer and best player has to be the captain. Because that's not what it's about. Like Connor McDavid's a captain in Edmonton, not because he's Connor McDavid and the points he puts up. It's because of how he got to be Connor McDavid and mm-hmm. the work ethic and yep. and the caringness of for winning and and how he wants everybody to be involved in the team uniting. It has nothing to do with him being Connor McDavid, the leading goal scorer and the leading point getter and the MVP of the league. Um, so. I just, I don't know if it's needed this year at all. I th- I like what Rick Bonus has done. And I like it also because it alleviated what I believe was some stress on Blake Wheeler. And if somebody asks you to be a leader, most people take it. Mm-hmm. And most people, but to me, my point about Adam Lowry is if there's two guys not getting along on a team, or if there's something that's not going well and it needs to be addressed, I, I think. Blake Wheeler was the kind of guy who's like, okay, come now, let's talk about it, let's deal with it, let's move on, like intense up front. Yeah, I, I, A- Adam Lowry I could see also, I'm going to tell you exactly what needs to be said, but we'll do it tomorrow over lunch. Like mm-hmm. it's not that that immediate, impactful, and that's just by nature of who the two individuals are. Having said all this, all my knowledge of this is just limited to having been around those guys specifically when they came in the league and watching as, you know, in the room daily. Mark Stewart, I'll go back to that quote of when the Evander Kane thing happened. You guys will never get more than a 5% indication of what actually goes on in this room. And he said, today with the Evander Kane situation in the tracksuit, you got about 20% into it. Yeah. And so we won't know all this who's going to be lead, who, that. But both of those guys are the prime candidates. But uh, Adam Lowry could lead this team in a heartbeat. Because, I look, we saw what Adam Lowry was saying at the end of last year. And then when we had him on a month later, he's like, I'm going golfing with Mark Shifley. Yeah. And I would, I would think that Adam wasn't happy with a lot of the play that was going on. But then it's, yeah, and, it's and, 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 never anything personal. It's always about the team. And that's what this move of no captaincy has done.
0: Yeah. And, and Shifley was in Calgary too. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he, he's, they, he he's in Kitchener in the off season, So He he made because he knows Adam Lowry and 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 Josh Morrissey there in the off season. So he made that he he made that move to go over there. And Josh stay, Morrissey, and, and Mark Scheifele, Adam he does Lowry that constantly. Yeah, they yeah.
1: spent a lot of time over the last off seasons together in Calgary, working yeah. out, golfing. I mean, I don't like to get into that because I don't like to get into too many players' personal lives. But they are all friends. They all hang out. That's the thing about this year and what Rick Bonus has done with the stripping of the captaincy. Yes, it's about, you know, Blake Wheeler and taking it away and, and but I think that's also just equally as part as alleviating Blake Wheeler of some stress that he was yeah. feeling without him probably knowing it. Yeah. The bigger part of this to me is stop finger pointing. Stop doing it's on all of you. Mm-hmm. This is a team and you have to go together as a team. And if one guy has a good game and two guys have a bad game, you've got it's gotta be on all of you. Yeah. And I think that's what this has done. So right now, I don't think they need a captain, but both those guys are, are 1A and 1B. Got a
0: couple text messages about this. Um, uh, one texter here just jumped on. Why didn't a bonus call a timeout? He addressed that after the game. He said he didn't want to give the other team a chance to take a breather. A timeout works for both teams. Uh said it bit him in the butt before, but maybe it bit him in the butt this time too. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.